Welcome back to the Download Podcast. Wow, I sounded really cheesy. <laughs> Every time you start, I always tell you. you I'm, just, I'm smiling. You sm- have this huge smile. Your eyes are twinkling. It's like you're the, you become this human emoji. This this human emoji. I've been called worse. It's okay. I'll take it. So we're switching up the podcast a little bit today because we get so many questions from you, and I get so many direct messages about you, Lori. And how awful of a person you are. No, I'm kidding. About, about a, a lot of questions about what you do for a living, that that's what I want to know about today. Wow, I wasn't prepared. Like that, but that, see, that's even better. So that's what we're talking about today. Um, your relationships with some of your clients and how you got into the PR field. How you actually started to get your first clients is what we're going to talk about. Let's go. Lori, I have to thank you for something this week. What did I do? I've been a huge fan of good food for a while, but you introduced me to their new smoothies this morning, and I'm just, I'm so excited about it. I get really excited about things, but this is like game changer. It is totally game changer. My freezer is packed. Good food has come out with their new line of breakfast smoothies. They have over 16 flavors to choose from. They're packed with superfoods, real chunks of real fruit, and you just add water, almond or almond milk, and it's made in under 30 seconds, blended. Which is huge because I come up with excuses all the time why I don't have to eat breakfast. I don't have enough time. No, I'll just eat an early lunch. Whatever I tell myself, this is 30 seconds. It costs under $5 per serving, and it's just, it's so easy and worth it. And the best part is it's delivered straight to your door. So there's no hassle. There's really barely any prep work. All you got to do is go to makegoodfood.ca and enter the code down low 50 for 50% off your first order. Makegoodfood.ca and use the discount code down low 50 for 50% off your first order. So some of you write in on a regular basis asking me questions about Lori, about me, about kind of influencers, celebrities, how you get into that field. And I know very little about it. Lori, I actually don't know that much about you. Funny, like we we see each other every week. We do this podcast. You text me at at ridiculous hours sometimes. I'm like, I'm not answering right now. (laughs) But I'm very curious about what you actually do for a living. How is 7 p.m. a ridiculous hour? It is not 7 p.m. (laughs) Sometimes it's like Saturday nights at like like 8 or 10 p.m. And I'm like... What are you doing? Yeah, sorry. Saturday nights, you know, I'm just chilling at home because I have kids. So I guess you're out downtown partying or something. Sorry. Well, sorry for interfering with your with your fun, <laughs> unparenting ways. It's okay. I'll be with you in a few months. So the number one question I get about you all the time is, how did you start in PR? Yeah, I get I get asked that question all the time and Okay, let, let's go back to where, where everything started. So I was born and raised here in Montreal. I went to high school here in Montreal. I graduated from university here in Montreal. And I want to say since I was maybe 10 or 11 years old, I always loved Hollywood. Everything Hollywood. It sounds so basic, but I just... I was infatuated with with everything having to do with, you know, the red carpets, the award shows, celebrity gossip. And I remember saving my allowance every single week and 
going to we we call it here in Montreal the de, the depeneur the corner store right yeah. well the Seven Eleven in the yeah. states. And I would buy an Us Weekly or an In Touch magazine to catch up on all the gossip. At that time, you know, how many years ago? 20, 25 years ago, we didn't have online blogs. So I would save my allowance, buy these magazines and study them. I mean, I'd read them over and over and over. And I just, I loved everything about it. I was so fascinated. How did these celebrities get into the magazines? How did, you know, how did they choose what to wear on the red carpets? Who was working behind the scenes? This was even going on in my head at 10 or 11 years old. So it was that angle that interested you? Because I had a similar upbringing and I had the same infatuation with it, but it's because I wanted to be famous. So you didn't want to be one of those people. No, I never wanted to be famous. I did, you know, when I was younger, I loved performing. I was always in plays. I was actually, my claim to fame was being Sandy in the play Grease. Really? Yeah, yeah, I, I was. <coughs> Sorry, still this cough. Um, but no, I never wanted to be famous. I never wanted to pursue acting or anything like that. I always wanted to be behind the scenes. And when I learned about, you know, things that a publicist would do, yeah. I was just, I knew that that was the job that I wanted to do when I grew up and I would say that from as young as 13 years old I would say mommy daddy when I grow up when I'm done university I'm going to LA and I'm going to become a publicist for the stars and you know my my upbringing was I want to say pretty standard in our Jewish community here you know you went to school you became a professional an accountant doctor lawyer and then something like that, <laughs> you know, and my parents would say to me, okay, Lori, well, if you want to go to LA you, you better save up because you got to do it yourself. And that's exactly what I did. And after I graduated, I did save up and I made the move to LA and it was hard. You know, you don't just get a job right off the bat with no experience. And I would literally, I emailed every firm I I would send letters, I would knock on doors, and I finally, I got a job as an intern, an unpaid intern at um, at a PR agency, and that's where I really started off, and I learned a lot there. I learned how to put together press kits, press packages, how to pitch clients to the media. Um, eventually, I got a paying job at a PR firm where we represented celebrities and again I learned how to represent them on red carpets and I'd go to the Emmy award shows and the Grammys and That's so yeah cool. movie premieres and I'd bring the clients on the red carpet and get them interviews and it's you know it looks so glamorous when you watch watch all this on television but it's not it is such a hustle on that red carpet I mean picture this the red carpet is just it's miles long and there's a press line on one side with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different media outlets, camera crews, reporters, you know, there's Entertainment Tonight, E! News, People Magazine, Us Weekly, all these different radio shows. And you have celebrities that are just walking down and as a PR representative of your client, you need to hustle with this, with these outlets making sure that you get them the interview. So, you know, if I have a client from, at the time they were on the show Dexter, 
You remember that show, yeah. Dexter? Um, and Angelina Jolie is standing right beside my client. Obviously, the media outlets want to speak to Angelina Jolie yeah. and not somebody from the show Dexter. But as a publicist, you need to have those relationships prior and, you know, make your calls beforehand and tell them what time you're going to be there. And while you're there, you know, hustling and telling them, like, we have some re- really important news to drop. We want to give you the exclusive. And you just it's a hustle down that red carpet, but it's, it's the most exciting thing. It's amazing. And the more and more you do it, just like anything, you become a pro. Okay. There's so many questions in there because we went from like going out of school internship and then you're working for, for an agency, but I, I respect you for what you just said, because to go into any field, you got to start at the bottom. You, you got to just get your foot in the door but when you said you took an unpaid internship, there's so many people out there that I see in like the radio industry that aren't willing to do things for free or for very little money because you see the people, you know, the heads of the agencies, you see the, you know, the morning show radio host, you, you see all these people that are making the money doing it. And you're like, well, I could do that. I want to jump in, but we, we have to like earn our stripes, right? you know, so to speak. But when you're talking about being in LA and that's where you started, now you're back in Montreal. I didn't even know you lived in LA. But when you start to do your own thing, if, if you're just starting off, now you're back in Montreal, how do you convince clients to go with you instead of this big agency that, that's repping Angelina Jolie or you know, so like those we're, people? So we're, there's like years and years and years of a gap that we're missing. You know, For, It didn't yeah. just happen quickly like that. Um, I was in LA. I want to say that's really where I got my start. That's where I made a lot of my contacts and networked and gained a lot of my experience. Um, And then I moved back to Montreal. Um, I wasn't a US citizen. I didn't have a working visa. That was very, very difficult to get back then. And it was very expensive. And my parents weren't just, you know, handing over $20,000 to get me a, you know, a lawyer and get me a visa again you know it's interesting because back then my parents like I said they weren't convinced okay Lori we're gonna go all in and support you financially for this because what's a publicist right that's just you know that's just how it was it wasn't something that you know I went to school for like For instance, you know, my brother, he was in school for years getting his CA and his CFA and he, you know, he really had a a path. For me, when you say, oh, I want to be a publicist in LA, it sounds like a pipe dream. So I really had to do this myself. And like I said, I saved money before going to LA. So I was able to get an unpaid internship and you know I I worked at a shoe store here in Montreal I t- was doing telemarketing I was I was really working hard to be able to save money to I be able to do this I see you doing telemarketing I hated it <laughs> I it was awful I think I made one sale it was thank god I was being paid it was like hourly pay plus commission but I think I literally made one sale and I felt terrible I was like what what am I selling these credit cards to these old women it just felt terrible but a friend of mine owned you know a telemarketing agency at the time and this is going back how many years like 15 17 years ago yeah and so when I moved back to Montreal um the owner and CEO of Beyond the Rack had contacted me and he had said you know 
someone pointed me in your direction. I, I know you just got back from LA and you were doing PR there. I'm starting this company that I think is going to take off. It's an online shopping club. It's not yet, you know, it's never been done here in Canada yet. I'd love you to be a part of it. And I had met with him and we hit it off. He actually had worked with my father at a previous company, which he didn't even know when I came in for the interview. And we just, we started. And I think I was the fourth person hired at Beyond the Rack at the time. Um, And I was with the company for five years. And I really, I head up their PR department. And it was just such an interesting experience And I want to say the most vital experience I ever had because during those five years was when PR had totally shifted into influencer marketing. And yeah, and that's when my job really took a shift. So at first I was getting beyond the rack into onto all these different television shows. I was on, I was their main spokesperson. I was traveling to LA being on Good Day LA representing the company. I was traveling to New York on their morning shows. I was on Extra. I was on Entertainment Tonight. I was getting them in all these different magazines. We were on The View. I mean, everything from A to Z. And then I want to say a few years in was when influencer marketing started. And I remember being in charge of celebrity partnerships and acquisitions and I had said to the CEO and the marketing director we need to get in on this because this is where marketing is now is now going to and I had paid Chloe Kardashian $30,000 to tweet about Beyond the Rack we had paid I want to say it was Chloe Kardashian and Lindsay Lohan to tweet about Beyond the Rack and when I tell you it went viral. It went viral. The website crashed. And in that moment, it was such a pivotal moment, I want to say, for anybody in the marketing PR industry, because that was just where sales were headed. That was where marketing was headed. I mean, for the website to crash and sales to go through the roof from one single tweet was just, it was monumental. And that's really where we shifted our PR efforts into influencer marketing. But that was also at a different time because now we're so used to seeing all these celebrities post like, hey, go to this brand, should I go to this brand? And I feel like it doesn't have necessarily the same impact. Going back, because I remember you working there, we're talking like eight years ago or something, no? 10 years ago? I want to say how many years? Yeah, like eight, eight, like 10 that, years ago. That's a yeah. long time ago. And so, and, and think about it. You paid her $30,000. What would she charge today for that same tweet? Well, now it's not even Twitter because Twitter no, yeah. isn't it's, it's even, Instagram. yeah, Insta- it's all Instagram so much now. More. So you were really ahead of the curve a, a lot. So the, when, okay, so then you're there, you're, you're helping their marketing. When you decide to go on your own, who was your first client? So when I decide, so here's how it happened. I decided to go off on my own really because I had no choice. I found out that I was suddenly pregnant with identical twins and it was a very high risk pregnancy and I wasn't able to travel anymore for my work. So, and I had to be, they, they call it like Jewish bed rest. Like I could go for, 
I could go for lunches and I could go for lunch and manicures, but I really had to take it easy. Um, I wasn't able to run around too much. So I had to stop working and beyond the rack still wanted to keep me on, um, working with them. And I started getting a bunch of different calls from different companies wanting me to help them with PR and marketing. And that's when I went off on my own and I really started repping brands. So before working with celebrities and reality stars and influencers, I was working with the brands on the brand side of things. Okay. Yeah. Going to get the celebrities to endorse. So, right. So when that switched, I mean, I was still getting them in magazines and blogs and coverage and all those things. And I was also in charge of their influencer marketing because that's really the shift that was taken. And I started reaching out to all these different influencers. And when they heard, you know, about my background and my experience and that I did PR and we just hit it off, essentially, they would ask me, you know, maybe we could work together. Are you able to get me other deals? You know, are you able to get me into this press outlet? And I want to say, like, once you start with one or two, these these franchises they're they're like a family you know so word gets out rather quickly and it just grew from there and that's really my Lori KPR story it's funny because I think people ask me you know how did Lori get into PR because deep down they probably are like oh maybe I could do something like that and I think I think anyone could do anything they want as long as you work hard at it but with you and your story it's like you got to learn the business first. You can't just jump in and start repping people and just hope that it goes well. Like you knew both sides of the business. Both you you sides. knew the world and then it just it was a natural fit for you to go like that. Yeah, and everybody, you know, it's it's confusing because there are publicists on one hand and there are talent agencies on the other hand, but they've really come together as one because they they really highly overlap now. Yeah. So you rep a lot of, I mean, it's it's reality stars. People have been on The Bachelor, Amazing Race, Big Brother. But do you, do you represent anybody that's not been on a reality show? So it's interesting. I've tried. I've worked with other influencers that have really large followings, um, like real bloggers, fashion bloggers, yeah. um, beauty bloggers. But they don't produce and I don't want to say this as a whole you know because uh, yeah. ugh, people are going to nitpick and get me in trouble I'm sure there are ones that really do but when it comes to social media deals I want to say reality stars have the absolute highest engagement and selling power and I think that's because people watching these reality shows are so invested in them yeah. and their lives yeah. and interested to know like what products are they using? What services are they using? You know, what are they wearing? That they, you know, they actually really sell. So, and again, you know, people that aren't reality stars, like just, you know, your average influencer, they don't really want or need PR, right? So, yeah, a lot of the time- They just want clients. They just want the money coming in. They, They want to be paid for their ads. So I don't want to brag or anything, but do you notice anything different about me today? 
I actually do. Do you? You've been using your smile sciences kit. I tried it the day you gave it to me last week. I ran home that night, put the trays in, and it was like so easy to do. And I see a difference. I, I Listen, you'll see a difference in one usage. It's crazy. I mean, I told you I've gone to the dentist, $500. It helps, but the sensitivity is crazy. You didn't have any sensitivity, no, nothing. No problem at all. It's unbelievable. So... Guys, check it out. Smile Sciences gets your teeth up to 10 shades wider. It comes with the little LED light, teeth whitening pens, the mouth trays, and we have a special promo code for you. The code DL gives you 50% off your order. It was so easy to do, but that's not even my favorite part because yes, there's no sensitivity. Okay, great. But when I saw it was cruelty-free and vegan, I'm not vegan, but there's just something about knowing the product comes from like a healthier place that puts my mind at ease and they're female owned so obviously i love i love supporting companies that are female owned because that's that's me straight up women know better us men are stupid i'll say it there you go he's learning (laughs) smilesciences.com use the discount code dl i know a few like montreal girls i feel like every second girl now is like trying to become an influencer and you know doing beauty products and working out and this and that like everybody and their mother is doing it and it bothers me so much because like what do you really do like why and all of a sudden they go from like you know having 200 instagram followers to now they have seven eight thousand i'm like well clearly you bought all those and and, and it really gets under my skin when i see some of these people but when if it's not not the reality stars, because obviously when you go on a reality show, you're going to gain hundreds of thousands of followers almost instantly because people are so invested in your life and people are getting to know you. Working with some of these brands, what's like the minimum, you know, the, there's the term micro-influencer, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what do you think is like that minimum if somebody wants to start doing stuff and, and getting paid or free product for their post, what's the minimum amount of followers that they should have? I'd say like micro influencers are between 10 and 60,000, 60, 70,000 followers. Um, Again, it's not just about the following, it's about the engagement. So how many likes versus how many comments are, is your post getting? How many story views are you getting? I can't tell you how many times, you know, these bloggers will email me to represent them and I ask them for their story views and they have a million followers but yet they only have 5,000 story views something doesn't make sense for sure not like that's I mean you're able to see it with a lot of other people I know we talked about that in our first or second episode I think with Vanessa also where it's like no yeah there's clearly bot followers there's zero engagements but it, it, it comes down to it even if they're not bot followers I think you got to ask yourself when you're going into this, what do you do? Like, why should people watch me on social media? Like, you have to provide something. And it's not just about, here's a discount code. It's, you know, why should people be interested in what you're talking about or doing? And that's the hardest thing to, to that first step. But many people are, and many people are very successful at it. I mean, we have some local influencers here that, you know, have these, are branded with cooking recipes and I I follow them you know and then there's other ones beauty and health and fitness and they're they produce amazing content and they give some amazing um advice and they have real following so 
I know. Listen, everybody and their mother, like you said, is trying to be an influencer because this is just what the world is today. And, you know, the platform that we have with Instagram is just, it's so easy and it's so efficient. Like you could just turn on your screen and tell the world what you're feeling in that moment or what you bought in that moment. And it's just... Honestly, I think it's just the beginning. I think it is like, it's funny because my girlfriend's the opposite end of me. She hates social media. She's like, this influencer stuff isn't going to last forever. I'm like, but it's not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, I think it's only going to keep growing and growing and growing. It's going to change. I lost my train of thought, but you were just saying something and it's like, what were you just saying? What did you just say? I don't know. But you know, listen, social media today, there's, a lot of negative yeah but there's a lot of positive too and I want to say that I do think the positivity outweighs the negativity you know I see some people that have kept secret some of some of their inner battles you know whether it has to do with a drug problem or having trouble conceiving or you know losing a child and or a parent and they go on their social media and they talk about their experiences and it's kind of like they say this is just a weight off of their shoulders that they no longer have to be in hiding and it's you know maybe it's in the moment that they feel like I I want to talk about this right now and they flip their phone over and they you know pump out some stories but it's doing so much good to bring awareness to so many things like this it is but then there's the flip side argument where it's like yes people are doing good and people share their experiences okay i get it that in theory that's great but people posting pictures of the fucking salad they ate for lunch or people like look at me look at me that's what a lot of i think outsiders are looking in being like i don't care what you're eating i don't care about your you know like why are you sharing every detail of your life you're you know even if you're just you know some house mom living in Hampstead or if hey you're some radio douchebag working it's why should people care and why do people like but people about but everybody pe- but people do so if you don't then that's why you know it's your choice it's your Instagram you could follow who you want to follow but a lot of people do and there are also people that still follow but will hate on things you know I have a listen when you have some followers there's always haters but my favorite line I think I I read it in um, this book that someone gave to me called The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And it's such a great book. And one of the lines mentioned is, every hater is a fan. And and I believe that, you know, if you're hating on something, well, you're you're still looking. And you're interacting on my stuff, so it's actually only helping me in the long run. Exactly. <laughs> like all, all those haters. Okay. It's, so the only thing I know about a publicist is from the TV show Entourage. Like that, but that's true. Like you say you're in PR, you're a publicist. I don't actually know what that is. I, I see you getting client, getting brands to work with your clients. I see you sometimes here interacting with your, doing some damage control and yeah. seeing that side you of it. You see a lot of that. I do. And, that's and, the Ari from Entourage in me. There's always a fire to put out. There's always drama. Um, you know, it's... It's also not an easy thing to have clients that also become your friends. And I feel like, again, this is just the world in where, where we're living right now. I mean, 
it's hard to separate the two because as a publicist, you're very, very immersed in your clients' lives. You're the first one to know when someone takes a crap or someone gets pregnant or someone, you know, got a bad haircut or they're having a fight with their husband or boyfriend. It's just, you become that person to them, which I love. But then, you know, there's the other side where business is business. And if I'm giving you advice, is it coming from a friendship point of view or is it coming as, you know, Lori, your publicist? Do you not like any of your clients? I love, I want to say I love every single one of my clients. There's not one client that I dislike. That's a very different thing because I say that I love pretty much everybody. I think it's important to love everybody, but I don't like a lot of people. So the there. beauty of owning your own company yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that you could take on and represent, you know, you could decide who you want, who you want to work with. So how many who clients you don't do you with. have right now? Um, Ballpark. 60. Crazy. Yeah. Maybe 60, 65. Yeah. So cool. And so it's, uh, this is probably too personal of a question, but is it, I assume that agents and publicists and managers, you're not making a salary. You get a percentage of everything you bring into people, right? That's how that's how it works. No. No? Yes and no. I'm again that that's getting a little too technical. I, I know. And it's, but I'm, I'm no, when you're when you're a publicist, you you're on um publicists are paid on a monthly PR retainer. Really? Yeah. I had no but, idea. But but you have to understand, like I said, there's two sides to my company. There's the PR side, and then there's the agency social media collaboration side. So, you know, oh, okay. out of my clients, some of them I am their publicist, others I am just, you know, an agent for, and some are both. It depends on their needs. It changes sometimes, you know, when people get off a show, um, like on the PR side, I'll get them featured in magazines, a spread and glamour, a spread and cosmopolitan magazine. Um, you know, if we're in New York for the end of a finale of a show or L.A., I actually work directly with the networks. Um, you know, when we were in New York most recently for the Bachelor in Paradise season finale and I was with Dylan and Hannah, I worked directly with ABC's PR team and we put together um, we put put together a, P- a, P- a PR trip, essentially. You know, they were on... Michael Strahan, they were on Extra, they went to People Magazine, and again, like I have all these contacts so with cool. different outlets, can you, and can you we make pitch me famous. Them. That's the I'm <laughs> honestly, you would be shocked by the emails that I receive. Like, I could you help me get married? Could you help me become famous? Like, listen, no, that, that's not you, what you do. It's yeah. no, I love it. Be honest, it's a safe place here. How much online shopping did you do at Trend Savvy? I may or may have not gotten myself a winter jacket last week. Since Um, last week? Yeah, I did. So Trend Savvy actually just dropped a whole new selection for fall. They have amazing winter jackets that retail for $500, but on trendsavvy.com, you could get them for as low as $150. It's crazy, Lee. I love online shopping, and we've been talking about Trend Savvy, and I've seen it before, but I was blown away when I was like online and and looking through all the stuff it's really good there's like amazing huge brands on there 
huge brands, but the best part is they're all at discounted prices. So you have like your Ray-Ban sunglasses, Yves Saint Laurent sunglasses, Gucci, Fendi, all of the above, but literally at the best prices that you cannot find in stores. And my friends at Trend Savvy gave our listeners a discount code. Use the code DOWNLOW15 and it will get you 15% off your order at trendsavvy.com. And that's on top of the already discounted prices. Exactly. DOWNLOW15, D-O-W-N-L-O-15 at trendsavvy.com. So you get a lot of weird emails. What's the craziest one you've gotten like from fans for your clients? So that's the that's all that's the worst part about being in your client's uh bio like your email being there because you can't imagine the crazy fan mail that comes in and it's it's difficult to filter but oh my god lee there's been some crazy crazy requests i want to say there's this one guy he's a banker on wall street in new york city and He's obsessed with one of my clients and has openly communicated with me that he has a foot fetish. Hold on. Wait, no, I need Hold to on. adjust myself in my chair. This is too good. Who's the client? I can't say. Not not for right now. Um, Wait, hold on one second. I'm turning the mics off. Who's the client? Oh, my God. So he he's expressed he has a foot fetish. He's a normal guy, works on Wall Street, very wealthy. He has thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to spend and would like to purchase some of my clients' shoes and socks, worn shoes and socks. So I want to ask you, ask you, Lee, would you accept $10,000 for someone purchasing a pair of your shoes and a pair of your dirty socks? 100%. No problem. Right? So I would do it for significantly it's less. Crazy requests, but listen, I mean when you're talking tens of thousands of dollars, I'm I have to bring it to my client and it's up to them whether they want to Did they do it? Hell yeah. So is this like a one-time thing or it's like ongoing? It's been ongoing. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Can you send him pictures of my feet to see if he's interested? I mean, like, <laughs> I I actually said to my client, I'm like, let me. She, she was like, I don't I don't have any new shoes, but like, oh, you know, I don't have any old shoes because he wants old. So I'm like, oh, I could send a pair of mine, but no, she's she keeps it she keeps it real and she's honest about it and she sends her real stuff. So, I mean, that's just one Lee. That's just one crazy thing. I'm going to save some of the other ones for future episodes because I'm still trying to digest this foot fetish thing. Man, okay, I'm I'm happy that we sat down and just and, talked about it. And that. you know I get the shipping address too. So I Google Maps the shipping address and he lives in this beautiful penthouse no. condo in New York. Look at these yeah. works on Wall Street. This is like that's real money. I mean, if you're just spending 10 grand on a pair of used shoes from a girl you think is cute, you're like stupid rich. Fucking rich people, eh? Crazy. Fucking Crazy. rich people. I love it. So who are some of the other guests, very quickly, that we could expect? And it's funny because I'm asking you this. It's not even from like a listener. Who are some of the other guests we can expect in the next few weeks? 
Well, I'm I'm saving your favorite. I know. I'm saving your favorite for when like the show airs. My favorite. Jax Taylor. So I'll say your alter ego. I don't know if I should say it now or save it. I I told my girlfriend, Steph, that that I'm so excited to meet Jax. He's my favorite. And she was like, no, he's not. Like, what are you talking about? Because like, I, I, I don't know why there's just something about him that I'm drawn to. But he's also like a bit of a bad guy on the show. Like he he's, he parties he's and not. he's not. He's become good. He's honestly he's incredible. He, so I'm looking forward to. Yeah. It. I'm really looking. For, that's one of my you know since we started this that I'm really looking forward to. And you represent a lot of people from Vanderpump Rules, which is so cool. Um, and then we're gonna have a lot of fun. I think in the new year, especially. Yeah. I'm really excited the, to have Blake Horseman on. I mean, I'm yes. letting him because yeah, there's a lot to say there. <coughs> Sorry, there's a lot to say there, um, but you know he's just let him lay low for a little bit. This guy's been through a lot, and let him chill. I don't want to ask the same questions. Yeah, that he's it's been just getting. been so overdone right now. Um, especially, I don't know if you've been on Instagram lately, but stagecoach just dropped their like line of performers and everything. So there's a lot of jokes being going on about that. And oh my god, I I don't know. They even reached out to him. So let the guy give him a break for a few minutes. Um, but we will have him on. Oh, a hundred percent. He's excited. Yeah, he Blake's incredible. Lori, I appreciate it because you you weren't expecting me asking you these questions today, which is exactly why I wanted to do it. Because if I would have prepped you in advancing, we're talking about you. You would have come with notes and you yeah have- and and i hope i answered listen i there's so many messages i get of the same thing how did you get into it and yeah. i really gave you the shortest version ever and you have to understand that within those years there was a lot of hustle hustling That's what it is. there's a ton of doors being shut you know there was a lot of crying and feeling like a failure and that this was never going to happen um, just like anything. And it really, it, it's perseverance, it's hard work, and it's really, really just staying true to yourself. And I want to say ma- manifesting it too. I I mean, I'm not one of those spiritual people, but really believing, like when you believe in something, you sell it. You know, I always said, I can't sell something if I don't believe in it. So Listen, I'm picking up this purple pen on on the desk here. I will convince myself that this is the best fucking pen in North America and every single person should have it. And when you convince yourself of that, there's nothing that you can't do. Honestly, and that was just that's just always my mentality when speaking with brands, when speaking with clients, um in day-to-day life, even with my family, you know, my friends know I'm very persistent. And again, it's just making yourself believe because if you don't have the belief in yourself it's not going to happen inspirational uh talk there you go by Lori Gay. Lori, it's so weird i'm trying to like end the podcast like i do with our you know with some of our guests thanks uh, for coming in Lori. appreciate it <laughs> you're not asking me who uh who which crush i'd like to date in the celebrity world All right, like well, we who, ask who would everybody who, who would you date in the celebrity okay world? so here's my list um one one oh, person one, oh. one person from Bachelor, Big Brother. Oh, God, you're asking me. I was going to pick somebody like a movie star. Okay, movie star. Okay, okay. Movie star. Um, So I don't find him physically attractive anymore at all. 
but he's been my lifelong crush since I was 13 years old. Leonardo DiCaprio. He is the one celebrity I have yet to meet. And it's crazy because like I said, you know, I've been to all these uh, events and everything and I've met everyone under the sun. I've met Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Aniston, Scarlett Johansson, everybody. Name dropper. I have, no, I'm not saying I've personally met them, but I've seen seen them. I have never met Leonardo DiCaprio and he's literally been at Buonanotte here twice in Montreal where my friend Randy has called me up at one in the morning, Leonardo DiCaprio is here. And I literally got into a taxi, went and he had left at the time. I was at the Four Seasons in LA staying there. There was an event there that I saw on Instagram. Leonardo DiCaprio was in the same hotel as me and I still didn't see him. So Leo, where are you at? He's not listening. Why are you hiding? (laughs) (laughs) He's not listening to this. Definitely not. Lori, you're awesome. And... Yeah, props, pound out to you. And I respect you for the work that you put into it. Thank you. 